Hey guys, welcome back. Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. And this is episode 92, Intuition. And as I said before, there's some exciting changes coming up with Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. But don't worry, I'm not going away. Things are going to be a little bit different. I'm going to finish this up. Uh, This particular period or arc or whatever you want to call it with episode 100. So I've got eight or nine episodes left to get all the things I want to do out, uh, do to get all the things done that I sort of want to accomplish accomplish with this particular project before moving on to the next one. Um, And intuition comes from a conversation that I had as a, as a, at a zoom meeting with a um, Unitarian, I guess you would call it a church. Does a bunch of people get together talking about stuff. And uh, I was discussing the idea of science and how sometimes I feel like science has run its course and what are the other ways that we think about stuff. And we all sort of moved in a, together in, a, in, in our own directions, kind of like convergent evolution toward this idea of our trusting our gut and our intuition. And somebody made the point of, well, what's the difference between your opinion and your intuition. And I was like, okay, okay, this is this is important because when I say when when people say trust your gut, I don't think they mean just pull whatever random fact out of the out of the air that you choose to to believe in and make that the truth. That's not what we're saying at all. But the idea of intuition can can be pretty complex. And so I wanted to spend the next 15 to 20 minutes talking about that and uh briefly, you know, I was a philosophy major. Now, granted, this was a period of my life that I wasn't really paying attention to school. <laughs> you know, I went to a, um, a predominantly white, kind of conservative high school, and I learned what I learned. But I, I was itching to get away from my parents, get away from sort of the privileged white lifestyle that I had, and experience a little bit of the world. And this includes doing things like partying and psychedelic drugs, smoking weed. And, you know, going to class was just kind of a pain in my butt. And eventually that bit me in the butt. And I ended up having to pay for my own school. And it's a long story. But um, suffice it to say, I did not pay attention during my time uh, as a philosophy major, nor did I attend class very often. But I do have snippets of memories of things that happened that were significant. Um, You know, I remember trying to read on the origin of species, Charles Darwin, and learning about Kant and Descartes and uh, glimpses into these things that would later uh, become important. And then I would go back and sort of research on my own time, which, who knows, maybe a better way to learn. I don't know. I was an idiot. Don't do drugs. Pay attention in school. Um, But one of the things that I remember learning about, I think particularly with Kant, was reason. And this idea that human beings can reason things out. And there's different ways of thinking, not particularly about reason. Reason. And I found myself, uh, like you know, if you watch this, going to PhD school and getting a master's degree and learning all about science. And I learned a lot about a particular way of thinking, which is the scientific method, right? Following a scientific. But along with that, you sort of learn tertiarily and secondarily a lot of other ways of thinking like just doing research and just understanding bias and 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 all these things so i can arrive at a point where i say wow you really got to trust your gut 
But I'm coming from a position of having gone full circle through one of the most uh, detailed and strict methodologies of organized thinking uh, and, and sort of knowing what that's like and then coming back to this idea of intuition. And so what is reason? What is intuition? What is just mere opinion, right? I don't, I don't, I don't want to define all of those words for a very good reason. Uh, I don't think. Well, I think there's there's sort of two ways, and I talked about this uh, with music in the improvisation and Grateful Dead episode. You can learn all there is to know in in the world, all that has been learned. You can go and read all the books and and go to all the wiki pages and, and sort of build all of the knowledge, and then. From that, decide how you're going to build on it. That's certainly a good way to do it. Sort of like learning piano by learning all the rudiments. Lots of people have figured out that if you just do this stuff up front, it'll be easier on the back end. But that's not very fun. That's why not everybody's a musician. That's why adults all the time are like, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have hated my violin lesson so much and I'll be able to play violin. It just doesn't work like that. And so sometimes I like to approach questions without the impediments of all of that learning. Like, I have ideas about things, right? I can say, oh, wow, that tree fell over there in the woods. I wonder what happened. Uh, did it? Did it? Did the ground get loose and the soil loosen up and the roots pulled out, or did something knock it over? I can go and try to solve that mystery. My lawnmower doesn't work. Huh, I wonder what happened. I can trace it back and sort of troubleshoot and say, well, this doesn't, this looks weird, and just sort of figure it out. Or I can get the manual out and go through it step by step, or some combination of all these things. The point is, I don't have to go to lawnmower school or forestry school before I allow myself to investigate the question. Now, if I have I need a surgery, I need my appendix out, I don't want somebody off the street to go, I kind of understand what a knife is. I know you have a bad appendix. I'll get it out, right? I mean, sometimes this isn't the best method, but as a mechanism of learning in life, I like to investigate and kind of come to my own opinions, consult the what is known, the body of known stuff while I'm doing it, but it becomes a simultaneous sort of process rather than being two separate processes, Now, I can reach a point of becoming a more informed or learned individual about whatever the tree falling lawnmower or playing piano or whatever it is through my own course and obtain some level of proficiency or knowledge about that subject without ever consulting anything or by consulting some of the things uh, and not mastering the subject matter. Now, am I an expert? This kind of gets at credentials and credibility, and I'm not going to go there now. That's a really fun place to go to. But the idea is... What I have learned through those minor investigations into whatever I was interested in has value. It's not just my opinion because it has a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of experience, right? And maybe even a little bit of consulting the known. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a multi-tiered approach to coming up with my own particular estimation of an explanation, or my own understanding of what's going on. Chock full of wrong stuff, but maybe with some right stuff. And everybody else can do that in their own way as long as they 
pull information from these various sources. One, their own reason, which is a learned skill to sort of say, huh, let me consider all the factors that may have been involved in whatever the situation is. I got that from ecology, right? It didn't. It wasn't just science. My interest in ecology predates any of my um, schooling or sort of my learning, um, which which really was at least fifty to sixty percent my own doing. But that's a whole other subject on education. So I I came to knowledge or knowing about stuff from my own due course and. From things that other people had done already. Now, when I go when I go to work on my lawnmower, I very rarely try to reinvent the wheel, so to speak, and start from scratch. I want to look and see somebody else has done this already. You know, a belt breaking and being replaced is is not something I have to now figure out what the pathway of that old belt is. I can just find an old diagram that shows me exactly where it is, and that's going to save me a lot of trouble. I'm just going to do that. But those generally aren't the types of problems we're trying to solve. It's more like, should I marry this girl? Uh, should I take this job? Uh, how should I punish my kids for this thing that they've done? You know, those are the types of things that we're going to generate. Um, we're going to use reason and knowledge and experience to sort of generate our own decision about what to actually do, right? To translate this unknown situation into a known situation and translate thinking into action. And that's where we I think it's critical that we remember to consult intuition. How do I feel about this situation? And so I think that's the difference uh, in opinion and intuition is it's, you know, opinion is something that you either come up with on the spot, that tree fell over, I bet it was an alien. Uh, I bet somebody spilled a milkshake and that rotted the base of it. You know, that's just like opinion is just so random. It doesn't have any anything involved in it. It's just sort of like how how do you what do you think about something? It does have value, but it varies so much from person to person. Like think about me. I have all the scientific training. When I come up with opinion, it it necessarily considers these options of forming that opinion. I don't just sort of say, I like chocolate. Maybe that's a better uh, example of an opinion. It's something you like or dislike. It's like I remember having conversation a conversation with a woman about sour beers, and I've said this on the podcast before. Sour beers uh, are, are not everybody's taste. Not everybody likes them. But for what they are, what they're supposed to be, the intent of the brewer to make a certain thing, I have learned how to sort of ascertain whether or not these flavors are appropriate uh, were intended and therefore is you know does the product match the intention and and what sort of emergent properties does it have to assess whether or not it has qualities that are intended and pleasurable intended and therefore pleasurable now you may not like it but it doesn't mean the beer is bad and, and, and when I had this girl taste a sour beer for the first time and she said something like oh that is nasty and I said, I think what you mean is you don't like it because I can vouch for this beer and the brewery and the brewers and the process that it actually does have appeasing qualities and it is in fact not nasty, uh, right? It's your opinion that it's nasty, but things like reason and uh, and, and maybe even 
explanations and evidence may suggest that this is not true. And now this in, in, involves a broader spectrum of people, not just you. It's like collective opinion, maybe. And so maybe that's what we can say an opinion is whether or not one person likes something or not. And then as we get bigger and more, uh, more finite, more accurate, you know, an opinion isn't accurate in except that it describes how you feel about something. It doesn't have anything to do with the object. And so what we want to do is get closer to, to whether or not your opinion reflects any accuracy in the inherent qualities of the person, place, or thing, or whatever it is that you have the opinion about. Uh, an opinion is just yours. It, it really is probably the simplest, most basic, and least accurate form of assessment of anything in the world. And, and is that what we're doing? We're sort of assessing the value of something by by making a statement on, uh, about it, <clears throat> or or assessing how close. And I hate to use words like this. How close this comes to the truth about something. You know, uh, another thing that was very. Um, important in my upbringing is I, I had a senior AP English teacher, Stephen Froelich, if you're out there, send me an email, uh, who had us, the class, read something. I don't remember the book, but the idea was to discuss the uh, what beauty was. And every single one of us unanimously determined that beauty was in the eye of the beholder, that you just decided what beauty was, and that's how you assign beauty to something, is whether or not people... Uh, had an opinion that something was beautiful, and then it became beautiful the more people uh, gave strength to that opinion and made it sort of beautiful. And I remember the look on his face when he realized that everybody had come to the same conclusion and nobody figured it out, that beauty was actually inherent in objects. And so this opinion thing is sort of how we describe reality based on our self idea and, and not so much feelings and maybe feelings is part of it, but whether or not this part of reality is appealing to us. It's really just saying, do you like this or not? And that has value, especially as it builds. So the next level up, I guess, of being accurate about describing reality would be, well, how many other people have this same opinion? And that's where you get things like I have me having to concede that Trump was president because more than 50 percent of the United States agreed that their opinion was that this man should be our president. Right? That's what happened, and so I, I conceded. I said, you know what? I can know I can't be angry about this. I can disagree with it. I can say I have a different opinion, but I have to respect that the majority of people's opinion is not what mine is, and that has value because it's because it's it's a it's a mass. It's a community. And not an individual thing. And so that's like the next step up of accuracy. Now, if you wanted to assess things like, and and I don't mean to use this example because I don't really care anymore, um, that is Trump qualified to be president? Is he a good president? Does he Did he do things as a president that were considered beneficial for America? These are all things that would require more than opinions, right? And uh, at the other end of that spectrum, so that's sort of like, do I like this? Do we like this? It doesn't have anything to do with the inherent qualities. Like, do we all like the Mona Lisa? Okay, it's pretty. Does that mean it has beauty? I don't know. No. Only the object knows that. We don't decide that. It either is or it isn't. And that's what we would call something like truth. But as I've said before in other episodes, I don't think that people can actually ever figure out the truth. 
But we can get close to it. We can our opinion can align very closely to it. But we would never really know because we make up stuff and call it the truth all the time. That doesn't mean that it's true. Uh, we we might consider something beautiful, and it might have a whole lot of beauty in it. Uh, it's just sort of random. And so at the other end of that would be this this idea of truth, and then everywhere in between are these different sort of pathways to knowing that are more or less accurate. And everything we've talked about so far, well, there's two two sort of ways to go about doing that. And one has something to do with your individual person, things like an opinion, things like your intuition, your feeling, your gut, and then um, things that are supposedly supposed to remove bias and be this sort of um, technical pathway towards assessing the qualities of this situation without your without these things sans opinion and sans intuition and it just doesn't work like that i mean as a someone who has participated at very high levels in the scientific field i'll be the first one to tell you i've never met an unbiased scientist it just doesn't happen we're still humans now we can attempt to do these things and my only point with even bringing any of this up. And and so far, I think the only thing that I've figured out is we have these gut feelings, we have these opinions, we have these inherently individualistic and subjective mechanisms for assessing our reality, and those are valid to a certain degree. Uh, The more individual sort of amass the same assessment of reality, the more maybe meaningful or directional that becomes, but it still doesn't matter. And then we have these other tools that try to reduce those subjective uh, mechanisms for knowing uh, that we can come to other conclusions, you know, two plus two equals four. Well, I thought, you know, that two plus two equals 22 because that just makes more sense. You know, which one is accurate? I mean, it depends on your system, right? And, and it, 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 at the risk of this all just becoming a giant cluster fuck of nothingness, the point is that we cannot rely on any one of these mechanisms for knowing. Now, as individuals, well, uh, across a tier of of importance or meaning, which is also subjective and potentially non-subjective, right? Uh, someone may argue that uh, living till the end of the day and not dying is, is a universal need for all biology. It's not something we individually just want. And so you've got to go about your day trying to not die. That's the truth. I don't know. We're never going to know. And so at one level, we have to decide for ourselves. At another level, we have to decide as a community, both local and global and universal. And then at another level, there is what it is. Uh, And we just have to understand that we may never actually know. And it comes down to how are we going to navigate today and all time uh, in the future, assuming that time only goes in one direction. I think a mistake that we are making is we're moving our eggs from this intuition basket to and 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 maybe because opinion such so bastardizes intuition. Opinions are like assholes, right? We all have them and they all stink. Uh that's a bad thing. Opinion has become a bad word because we so rampantly spread it everywhere about everything without really doing any work. That's lazy. We're lazy with our opinions and we have lessened the value of intuition as a result. 
Because intuition implies some sort of work, right? We, we are connected to our, our, our sixth sense, whatever that is. We are, we are open to seeing information that we may not perceive in a lazy way, right? So I think intuition has value because it's different. I can't define what it is. We all know what it is to varying degrees. Some of us are good, not me, really. I'm probably fair at using it to influence the decisions that we make and the explanations that we have of reality um, to varying degrees. I think we can all, we all probably were at one time much better at this, uh, at, at including our gut feeling in the decisions that we make and in the way we go about doing things and, and in how we describe the world around us. But science came along and said, no, you can't do that anymore. We're going to do it without any of that. And I don't think that's the right answer. I think a combination, a marriage of a bias reduction standardized approach to explaining reality, which we could call science, but is really more than that. It's not how we think about science today, but science is probably the best estimate of doing that that we have that we can all use right now. That also includes a little bit of gut. And that gut intuition with respect to science right now needs to be, dude, check yourself and your bias right now when you're doing this. How is this all set up? Are we really reducing bias in science or are we bringing in an agenda, which is a very specific form of opinion, right? Uh, An evil kind of form of agenda. You know, if you're going into science with an agenda, you're a bad person. (laughs) You're doing it wrong. The idea is to not do that. And we sort of made it and set up science in such a way uh, with capitalism and university structure that it, we, it, it, science has an agenda. And uh, pure science anymore is hard to do. Now, I think it's a great tool. Now, this really, I haven't gotten anywhere in this because it's a difficult thing to talk about. It really is probably just a whole lot of babbling. But I think if we out, we can sort of start to see differences in opinions, intuitions, uh, observations, maybe our in, inherent reason, which I would just say that's our ability to sort of ascertain information with our brain, but that's also limited by our senses. The gut is a new sense, right? Reason is sight, smell, hearing, touch, oh, sound, whatever. I missed one, but our five, our five senses. Intuition is something else. Uh, that that is additive on top of that. And so we have to use all of these things if we really want to ascertain reality. And and then beyond that, we all have to do it. We all have to be more open to this being a part of the way we move through the world. And again, the biggest fear and maybe one of the biggest points of this episode, and maybe all I'm trying to say is that science isn't it. Science is it's doing a disservice to humans by trying to reduce this intuition element, this touchy-feely way of understanding the world. And we, we need to open back up and make room for it and realize that it, 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 it's work and not just an opinion. It's not just a like or dislike. It's, it's what do we feel and what do we think. Right now, what do we think might be best represented by science. What do we feel doesn't really have that. So what we need is an intuitive, an intuition method, right? We need Descartes 
of, of, of psychology and sociology and maybe, you know, even a therapy field to come in and say, <clears throat> here's a construct for helping you figure out what you feel. And, and really, we do have these things, you know, personal growth, self-help, therapy, coaching. All of these things are trying to help us become a more whole, subjective person, which includes learning to use our intuition and our reason and our opinions to ascertain the reality of the world around us. If we can do that as individuals, then we can start to do that as a group. We can start to come up with a a more standardized method to access our tuition. And then we can marry that with science. And then, and only then, as far as I can tell, are we really going to have an explanation of reality that makes sense? Because we have to be open to dare I say the magic. We have to be open to things that science is shielding us from and never going to detect, right? We have to have multiple tools to solve a problem. Otherwise, it's just an opinion. I'd love to hear what you think about that, and that idea will continue to evolve. This is uh, where I am right now at this point in time on uh, you know March 28th, 2002, 22, and I appreciate you taking the journey with me. This has been... Uh, a, a lot of fun <laughs> and this has been episode 92 uh, intuition knowledge plus experience equals wisdom I'm Chris Bircher take it easy